Hey, it's Zach here, and super quick before we dive into the show. If you haven't already, I want to make sure that you have subscribed to my free weekly Case of the Mondays newsletter, because it is where I share my best advice, strategies, and mindsets to help you design a creative career that you absolutely love showing up for every Monday morning. When you sign up, I'll even send you a bonus five-day email course to help you clarify and prioritize the next small steps in your unique path to success. To sign up, just visit optimizeyourself.me slash newsletter. All right, on to today's episode. My name is Zach Arnold, and I'm a former Hollywood film and television editor turned career strategist and the creator of Optimize Yourself, where I help artists, creatives, and storytellers just like you design the more balanced, more sustainable, and more fulfilling creative career that you deserve. In a nutshell, I'm Tim Ferriss meets Ted Lasso, minus the mustache, because I am obsessed with both learning everything I can about optimizing human potential while also inspiring you to realize yours. If you are ready to step outside your comfort zone, let's dive right in and unlock the optimized version of you. Hello, and welcome to the Optimize Yourself podcast, where I share honest and candid conversations with best-selling authors, world-class athletes, Hollywood legends, elite experts in a variety of fields, as well as everyday people that are achieving extraordinary things. It means the world to me that with all the podcast choices out there, you have chosen to invest your valuable time, energy, and attention with me. Now, before we get started, don't forget to visit optimizeyourself.me slash podcast so you can subscribe, leave a review, and so you can also download your unique customized podcast playlist where I'm going to send you the five best expert interviews from our archives to help you achieve your specific goals. So on that note, without further ado, let's get right to today's guest. Whether or not it's by choice, now that many of us are settling into our new normal working from home for what looks to be the foreseeable future, we're realizing that it's a lot harder to manage a seemingly unlimited amount of free time. Remember all the time that you were begging for to have so you could get all of the stuff done on your Sunday list? Well, be careful what you wish for, right? First of all, I want to make it abundantly clear that everyone is working through their own emotional journey right now, and it is okay if you are not ready to be productive. However, if you are at the point where you really want to accomplish something meaningful with the time that you have been given, but you can't figure out where to start or how to organize your day or how to set a goal, well, then today's call is going to answer all of those questions for you. Today's episode is another community Q&A call with my Optimizer Coaching and Mentorship community, where I break down the process of identifying one member's one thing so she can build the habit of writing more on a consistent basis during this pandemic. Whether or not you're interested in using your time to write or learn a new skill or just get organized or even spend more quality time with your family as opposed to everybody staring at screens all day long or whatever it is, this session should help you design a clear plan of attack so you can at least get that one thing accomplished every day before you spend the rest of the day simply surviving. All right, without further ado, my live Q&A call with my Optimizer Coaching and Mentorship Community. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Stars Series Counterpart. Now, for those of you that have been joining our community Q&A lives, you know that I've been referencing things like The Matrix and Twilight Zone and Black Mirror. If you're not familiar with Counterpart, oh my God, is that series good. And by the way, it's very, very timely with our current circumstances. If you have the time, and you have the subscription, I would say jump on stars and watch season one of Counterpart. It is fantastic. 
Either way, just killing some time while I'm waiting to make sure that Facebook goes live. I'm assuming at this point it is. My name is Zach Arnold. I am the creator of the Optimize Yourself program and podcast. And once again, I'm doing my community Q&A session with my coaching and mentorship members. So I'm going to put you guys on uh, grid view so everybody can see you. So say hello. So they know there are other real people all over the country and the world that are stuck in their same little tiny boxes. By now, I'm sure everybody recognizes a Zoom call because everybody is freaking on Zoom all the time. Oh my God. Um, Anybody that has kids knows the struggle. Dear Lord. Everybody right now is on Zoom. Like if if I were to show you my family's calendar, almost all of it is just blocks that say Zoom for gymnastics, Zoom for martial arts, Zoom for PE, Zoom with match teacher. It's just, it's insanity. So on that note, what we are actually going to be talking about in today's call is time management at home. That's why I brought up calendars. So on last week's call, we talked a lot about finances, getting things in order, figuring out how do we weather the storm, what money am I bringing in, if any, what money am I spending, how can I reduce it? So for anybody that's interested in going back to our previous Q&A that we did last Friday, just go to optimizeyourself.me slash podcast. And I've now released that as a podcast. And more importantly, I just released a first of three-part article series about organizing your finances. And that includes a Google Sheets template. And I know Melanie was like, oh, a template, a template. Melanie's uh, in my coaching program and she and I are spreadsheet geeks. Um, If you want a copy of that spreadsheet template and you also want to learn more about how to get your finances organized, understand uh, a clear picture of how you can weather the storm, just go to optimizeyourself.me slash budgeting. So on that note, I want to open it up to the group here. And I just want to find out, first of all, how are you guys? And then I want to talk a little bit about time management and what you're struggling with trying to figure out what to do with your newfound time at home. So who wants to start, wants to introduce themselves and chat a little bit about what's going on in their life right now? Melanie. I think during the first week, I was like, this is great. I'm going to wake up every morning. I'm doing my morning routine. I'm doing my night routine. Everything's going really well. But then when it became into the second week, all the days just blended into one and I was up late every night and yeah, sort of hit hit the skids after two weeks. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to try to get back into it. And luckily I'm working from home on a short film right now. So that's good to give some structure to the day. I can assure you that you are definitely not alone in having this uh, this mindset of, oh my God, I have all this time and I'm home. So let me get stuff d- done. Oh God, but I don't feel like getting anything done. What the hell is going on around me? What is, what's, I, I'm done. Okay, I'm just going to watch TV. That's it. Can't figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, because even I went through the same thing where I'm Mr. Productivity and Mr. Time Management. And I was like, yeah, I don't feel like being productive right now. There's uh, there's a lot going on and I'm not sure this is the top priority for me. And I just kind of need to process the insanity that's going on around me. So I'm curious when I bring it back to the group, how many of you are more in the state of mind of, you know what, I'm just going to use this time to its fullest and I'm getting something out of it. Okay, we've got a couple, we've got some kind of's. And how many of you are in the mindset of, I really want to be productive and I just can't. I'm just stuck. I'm frozen. I feel paralyzed. How many are kind of in that mindset? And how many didn't answer either? Whoever didn't answer either, I'm going to call on you and you're going to tell me where you are. So Itai, your hand went up. What's going Uh, on with you? I think the thing with me is um, I spend, it's not that I'm not doing stuff with my day, but I don't necessarily 
spend, I spend too much time on fins that I don't want to spend most of the day on and not enough time on the fins that I actually want to prioritize. And um, so, yeah, so there's that. <laughs> so what is it that's holding you back and stopping you from saying, I know I should be doing these things, I should be doing those things, I'd like to be accomplishing something, but then at the end of the day, you're like, ah, why? Why am I here? Why wasn't I able to get through this stuff? So talk me through the mindset of what's holding you back. And again, for anybody that's not familiar with these coaching calls, I never come at this with judgment. Like, Itai, why are you not getting more done during this global pandemic? What is your problem, right? It's just more about understanding and asking ourselves the honest question. What is it that's stopping me so I can find a way to overcome it? So what's going on in your mind right now? I mean, it's not necessarily that I am disappointed at how I spend my time or that I, I, you know, I feel like I, I wasted it. It's like, for example, like yesterday I listened to your podcast about Profit First and I've been spending the time since then, including all this morning, just figuring out, you know, how to make my, just my unemployment not even touching savings, just with unemployment, make that work. And then that went into a rabbit hole of just looking at how much I spend on grocery and different cards over the last month and how much overall normal budget that is. <laughs> Without even, you know, hearing that I would never spend that much time doing. And I realized that, you know, once you have the system in place, then it's not going to take that much time. At the same time, it's like, I was planning on spending like a few hours on, you know, tutorials, you know, yesterday, today, and maybe an hour, less than that even. So kind of like that balance of like spending a lot more on stuff that I, I feel is important, but I, I'm not necessarily in a, in a place where I feel like, well, if I waited with that, you know, two, three days and I focus on tutorials right now, it's going to break me financially. I'm not at that place. I could have just like, well, you know what? We'll schedule that to the end of the day. Let's focus right now on getting some more tutorials done just so I, I feel like I'm in focus on whatever I was planning on studying kind of during this, this pandemic. Not that I think I'm going to run out of time this month, but still, I end up spending more time on, on stuff that are important, but I could prioritize them differently. I could put them later. I could spend less time on them. But it sounds like for you, and I think this is very common for a lot of people, um, I've heard this, I've had many, many of these conversations with my coaching group, I've had private conversations with people, where I think the hesitation is, I know that I want to use the time to learn tutorials or watch courses or do research or whatever it is, but the fear that most people have is, can I even afford to be using my time that way right now? Because they don't really understand how much runway do I have, so to speak. So I'm curious, how many people here in this group, either before last week's call or after last week's call, have been able to alleviate at least a little bit of the financial anxiety and realize, all right, now I have a clearer picture of my financial situation, and therefore I have more space either on my calendar or space in my brain to now hunker down, know this is my reality, and just learn stuff. Has anybody actually gotten to that point, or are you all still kind of working through that point? Um, Julie, your hand shot up. Do you want, uh, you want to jump in here for a second? Yeah. What specifically do you want me to address? 
Um, I just wanted to know where you are in kind of this mindset of hunkering down, learning new stuff, kind of being able to, to shut the world out. Because one of the most difficult things about managing your time is actually being in the mindset and the headspace to do those things. Everybody thinks that it's just about the latest productivity apps or how to use a calendar. Oh my God, Trello is going to change my life. Well, it's not if you're not in the right mindset. So where are you right now having said what you just did about, well, yeah, I feel like I'm at the point where I've got that stuff out of the way. I think what's helped me the most is staying consistent and remembering that I'm not alone. It's really easy to panic and start thinking about really, you know, just your personal life and circumstance. But remembering there's just millions of people in this has really relaxed me and kind of allowed me more time and space mentally, especially to um, look at everything, look at the numbers, see where we're at, know that there's really nothing you can actually do to some degree. So stressing for me, just it's just not worth it. So as somebody who's a, a bit of a mindset geek like I am as well, mm-hmm. what are perhaps one or two of the things that you've done since all of this started to get yourself in the place where you can even say, eh, can't control it, why stress about it? Logically, that seems smart. Like, why should I stress out about something like a global pandemic when the only way I can control it is sitting at home? Easy enough. I'll sit at home. I'll be productive. For most people, that's very, very difficult right now. So what, what have you done to get yourself to that place so you can better manage your time and focus on getting things done? Mm-hmm. I just really look at it from an above angle. It's all perspective. I think, um, yes, the circumstance is pretty negative, what's going on but at the same time when are we ever going to get this much free time hopefully not again so looking at it from that angle it's like that's kind of a gift like we have an opportunity to actually have all the free time we've even more than we want so to me it's just changing that perspective of what am I going to do there's nothing to do to oh my god I can do anything I've ever wanted to do I can't go outside so we can stay inside and grow and learn. And that helped me the most, just the perspective. All right. Well, that's great. Uh, And I think that that's really the place to start for a lot of people. And from what I have learned, it really is all about overcoming this barrier of fear and anxiety and paralysis before it is, I want to learn more about calendars and Trello, and that will help me get more productive. Um, Even for the groups that I'm working with right now, uh, Howard being one of them, we're in the process right now of the Focus Yourself curriculum where we are learning Trello and calendar management and time management. And it's kind of bizarre. It's like living in this bizarre alternate reality where we're talking about being more productive and we can focus during our 90-minute calls. But then it's like, yeah, but the world's kind of falling apart all around me. So Howard, I'm going to bring it back to you for a second because you've been so helpful uh, the last couple of weeks providing some feedback to me and being uh, supportive in the community. You've been doing crazy super deep dive into Trello. So I would like to talk to you about, since you're just now being introduced to this idea of better time management and more productivity, are you still getting stuck in the psychological anxiety in everything that's going on in the world? Or are you able to just kind of shut it out and say, I'm going to learn productivity today? Uh, I've, been, I've been kind of 50-50, I think. I mean, I think I, I did take the first week of quarantine to learn Trello and to really sort of you know, pick it apart and figure out what it could do for me and, and get my, get my lists in there and, and adapt to how that works. And that's actually helped me quite a bit. 
you know, I, I think the temptation, the, the other 50 part is the temptation is, you know, like, like when, when quarantine first started, I was like, great. Cause these books aren't going to read themselves, you know? And, and like, I was, I was like, I was like, oh, there's so much free time, but my natural inclination is with free time is to just sort of fritter that away like a box of jujubes and not really, you know, use it for anything important. So it's really the 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 Trello list and the the um, the work that we've been doing has helped me uh, definitely kind of set tasks for myself. I think it's also helped that I'm here with somebody else who is still working. You know, he wakes up and goes from nine to five, and that kind of helps. It, it kind of, it, him blocking his time also helps me a little bit. Kind of go, okay, what am I going to do for the next hour so that like four or five hours just doesn't disappear? I think that's. For me, that's been the key is looking at fragmenting time a little bit instead of thinking of like, oh boy, I have all day to just, and then it's five o'clock and it's gone, which has happened once or twice. But uh, I'm going to throw it back to the group. I'm going to see if anybody can relate to that at all. Anybody uh, feeling that? Um, yes. Uh, so I, I can understand that as well. I personally, and this is uh, completely my own doing and I can't blame anyone, um, but I've been busier than I have been in years. Um, so this whole, gee, what do I do with all this free time? Like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Um, cause I've been spinning my wheels like 16 hours a day, um, trying to do what I can to, you know, just find ways to keep people afloat and give them whatever strategies are necessary. Um, so my calendar is kind of all over the place and both, uh, Debbie and Julie, uh, who are now kind of becoming members of my team, they can attest to the fact that, um, I'm kind of a chicken running around with my head cut off right now. So I know that that's the, where the minority of people are and the majority of them are still in a position where all of a sudden they have all this newfound free time, but they're not really sure what to do with it. Um, so are there any specific challenges where we can really dive into the weeds and we can workshop somebody's obstacle or roadblock right now where they say, I really want to be able to do this. I know I should be able to do it, but I just can't. Is there anybody that kind of fits into that category or is it just more... Eh, there's a lot going on in the world that I'm not really sure what to do. Or is it like, I know I want to do this one thing and I can't. We're going to bring you in here, Aaron. What's, uh, what's going on with you? So my situation is a little different because I can still work. <laughs> but I'm also trying to figure but it's not the work I want to do. So I'm trying to figure out how to put time together to do the career work and, and the stuff that I do want to do in terms of getting to where I really want to be and you know, so it's hard, but some of this stuff happens on like, oh, this is a good thing, go out and take it. And so it's sort of more like you have to, I think I have to sort of split. I can't say I, I can do this from 10 to 1 or something. I can say that I can do this when I'm not doing, making money, basically. <laughs> So, so then you're, you're in a position where you can still potentially uh, generate income and you can work from home for what you do specifically. Yeah, I mean, I'm not making, you know, I'm not making a ton, but yes, I can make, I'm, I have to make at least some money right now because uh, I haven't figured out the unemployment for me. I don't know if anyone, I'm wondering actually if anyone has figured out the freelance unemployment situation because when I go and look at it, I can't find it. Anyway, that's another thing. But I am curious about that if anyone's gone through that. So yeah, so my challenge is really, I have a lot of ideas right now, like to put out those letters, notes, like emails, just saying, hey, hope you're doing well, blah, blah, blah. I've done a lot of remote work. If you need something like that, I'm here. 
if if you need you know and basically put off a real sort of soft you know email like that because you know some people have not done a lot of remote management work and I actually have done a lot so I think that would be an advantage at this point but uh, I haven't tested the waters and you know just trying to concentrate and just my other time is you know watching whatever <laughs> new movie new t- new tv show and i'm still learning the piano so that's cool well there you go that's an excellent use of quarantine time right yes. yeah. you're going to come out of this thing liberace right <laughs> so there's that, there's that positive yes. so that's good so to to dovetail off of your comment or question about if anybody is going through some of this uh, unemployment stuff or these stimulus packages for freelancers and self-employed and whatnot that's been my entire life for the last five days just going through article after article after article, digging into all of the incentives. I'm actually uh, have been uh, contacted by several um, larger publications in our industry that want me to contribute specifically to help people understand how to manage the the financial ramifications and organize it all into like a simple step-by-step, look at this first, look at this first, look at this first. So if you can be patient, you're probably going to see something that hopefully answers all those questions for you by the middle of next week at the latest. But even the steps of just, are those going to include the steps of just how to actually, like, I don't, like, I haven't, haven't worked much this year in that world. So how do I qualify if I don't have any income until, you know, except for the income that I have otherwise, which shows I can actually work. Just trying to figure out <laughs> there's a way around it where I don't work and I make, you know, and I get the stimulus out of it because I don't enjoy doing what I'm doing. It's, you know, it is dangerous to a point. It, at this point in time, so I don't know meaning you're right. still going out and working. Yeah. Well, oh, so I see. I was under the impression you said you were picking up work remotely. You're actually uh, going uh, in two facilities. Yeah, no. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then, in that case, we want to try and avoid that if possible, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm 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 not going to say that I have all the answers because frankly, nobody does right now, and it's you know kind of a cluster. You know what? As far as all the stimulus right. and the government programs are concerned. Um, but as far as breaking it down into at least making it easier to find all the information and step-by-step know what you can or cannot qualify for or where to look up more information, right. that's what I'm putting together is kind of like, here's all the resources you need to care about. Here's the order that you should go through them in. Cool. Because I mean, um, I've gone to the EDD site and I can't even figure out how to apply. <laughs> well, yeah, that's because that's their website's just a disaster. There are other options as well, depending on if you have a corporate entity or a DBA. Like there, there are a lot of different various options, different stimulus packages. So yeah, there's, there's a lot going on there and it's, uh, it's kind of a mess, um, kind of a total disaster, uh, as uh, Howard is letting me know in the chat right now. Um, I think it's going to slowly, uh, you know, it's, it's going to find itself. Um, but what I was writing in uh, one of the guest articles uh, that I'm doing with another publication right now, they actually asked the question, do you think that any of this will ever actually come through? Do you think that these payroll checks are going to come through, the stimuluses, the grants, whatever it is? And yes, I absolutely think they're going to come through. But for the people that are thinking, oh my God, I have to pay my rent or my bills in two weeks, I need this check now, not going to happen. You're yeah. going to have to plan accordingly, knowing this is going to take them a while to figure this out because they went from having no system to needing to distribute trillions of dollars to hundreds of millions of people. These yeah, are the same people that run our post office system. Just going to yeah. put that out there. This is going to take a while. <laughs> so there's an article basically saying that now people who thought they were getting their checks in April might get them in August. Yeah. So anybody that thinks they're going to get it soon, they're going to have to find another plan. However, 
I do think eventually it is all going to get figured out and people are going to get for the most part what they're due. Um, but I think this false expectation that, yeah, a check is going to be wired to my bank account and I have it in a week. <laughs> yeah, right. Not going to happen. Um, so yes, do I think we can count on it long term? I do. Do I think we can count on anything short term? No, I think that we need to batten down the hatches and we need to slim down as much as humanly possible and we need to find other ways to, to weather the storm until that safety net does arrive. So I guess we could go more into the topic of finances. And I know that you guys had all uh, had said in uh, our private Slack channel that we wanted to talk more about uh, productivity strategies. Um, so you guys tell me what would be the, the best use of our time to provide value first to everybody on this call. Where would be the, the best place for us to go next? Is it going to be time management or is it going to be talking more about all this uh, nerdy financial stuff? Itai, you've got your hand up. Okay, uh, as far as financial, um, since we did talk about financial last time, what are we continuing from last time and to what degree of detail? Um, I think also, I mean, since a lot of people did uh, prioritize uh, time management, I still feel like that should be a big chunk of the conversation, if, even if we are still making some time for financial questions. Sure. Okay. Uh, well, let me, uh, let me bring uh, this question out to the group. How many of you here, I th- believe almost everybody here, um, has gone through at least a portion of the, the time management section? Actually, now that I look at it, it's a, maybe a little bit more than half of you have gotten to the point where we've gone through the time management section, deep dives in calendars, Trello, all that good stuff. How many of you are actually using some of those strategies right now to help you block out your day and get focused on what you actually want to be doing? So we've got a hand from Zora, we've got a hand from Patrick, we've got a pen hand from Howard, um, we've got a hand from Melanie, and Debbie's got her hand up, but she hasn't even gone through that section and focused yourself, so that's great. Um, so well, let's say hi to Debbie. Debbie, what's, what's up in your world? Yeah, I, I haven't gone through your program, but I know it has a lot to do with Trello, and I use Trello to, to sort my days and try to prioritize the things that I need to get done each day. One thing I am having trouble with is like, I keep wanting, I keep wanting to get more writing done and that keeps falling to the bottom of my list or it somehow gets like, I, I sit down to write and suddenly my mind is like, Oh, shit, I still have to call the bank and I still have to like, like all these other things. Like I still have to email this person and check on this and like all these other things keep getting in my way and then I get to, and then I'll get a phone call from my sister or someone and I'll end up talking and you know it's great that now we have all this time that we can talk to friends and talk to family that we don't usually have time to talk to so I'm so I don't tell them like oh I really need to do this like I actually spend the time and talk with them um, because all of this is important um, but it seems like at the end of the day I haven't got like the one thing that I really wanted to get done. So how many here, I want to address uh, all that, but I do want to throw a a question back to the group. How many of you feel this crazy weird sense of overwhelm and obligation to all of a sudden connect to everybody and do phone calls and Zoom calls? And you're like, where did my day go? I've been on the phone all day long, right? That's definitely me. I have been on the phone, mostly Zoom, some literally the phone, but I've been connected having conversations with people like eight hours a day. And there is a certain point where you think to yourself, I really want to talk to people. I want to find out what they're up to, but I also got to call the bank and I got to call the credit card company and I'm going to be on the phone for hours with these people, right? 
Um, so I want to go back to you specifically, Debbie. And what I'm curious about is how are you managing your day in your week now? So like you said, you, you've identified this thing called the one thing. We talk about this a lot, specifically in module five of the program. We talk about this idea of identifying your one thing. And you've identified that your one thing is that you want to write. And I'm assuming that means writing articles, blog posts, and whatnot for uh, your blog, correct? Mm-hmm. So what is your process in advance to make sure that you can prioritize your time accordingly and hopefully get that taken care of? Like I said, I, I put it all in Trello and I kind of manage things like, okay, these are the things I want to get done. And I try to block out a specific time during the day that I'm going to write. But like I said, when I sit down to write, there's just all sorts of distractions or my mind goes to like other things. And then, you know, before I know it, the next time on my Trello block comes and like now there's a Zoom call or there's, you know, there's something else that I that I had already scheduled. Um, And so then that writing time kind of seemed to disappear very quickly. Got it. Okay, so how many people can relate to this idea of I have something that I really know I should be doing. Maybe it's not even something the outside world expects because I think that we've all lost a lot of the obligations of things that need to get done. So now it's like, oh crap, I'm the only one that has expectations and they're inner expectations and I don't know how to meet my own inner expectations, um, which is very, very common for a lot of people. And we go deep into the psychology of this in the program. So most of you are like, yeah, we, we know about the whole expectation thing. But what I'm curious about is how many of you have been intentional and said, I want to be able to at least get this thing done, my one thing done. And then it's the end of the day and you're like, so that didn't happen. Is that happening to, to other people? Is this a kind of a fairly common occurrence? All right. So what I want to do, if this is going to be useful for you guys, so I want to, I want to workshop this a little bit with, uh, with Debbie. Would everybody here be okay if we did a little bit deeper dive into Debbie's calendar and figured out how to get her to stick with her one thing for the day? All right. How about all the the nebulous people uh, that are inside my camera that when the the cord goes out, somebody magically hears this conversation? How many of you would be interested in learning more about how to get your one thing done? Even if the rest of your day completely goes to crap, you've gone to bed knowing that your one thing is completed. Let me know in the comments and uh, we're going to start diving into this. My sincerest apologies for the interruption, but if you're a creative professional who spends long hours at your workstation, not only is the following promo not an interruption, but listening has the potential to change your life. Because working with a topo mat underneath you at a height adjustable workstation is a game changer. Let's learn a little bit more from Ergo Driven co-founder and CEO, Kit Perkins, creator of the topo mat. The topo mat is the first anti-fatigue mat designed specifically for standing desks. The real benefit of a standing desk is movement. We found bringing in this cushioned terrain under your feet, your brain just subconsciously engages and you wander around and you get that movement at the standing desk that you need without even having to think about it at all. People will come to me at an event or a panel and they'll say, I got the topo mat because of you. Even when they had a mat, once they used this one, it was a total game changer. We've just heard time and time again that with topo, we've kind of hit the sweet spot that it's the right premium quality materials and a right shape that people are actually getting benefit out of this stuff. You spend more time here than anywhere if you do creative work the way that I do. So I would rather be driving around in a Ferrari than a Ford Pinto. And I feel like this is the Ferrari of the standing mat. One of the things you don't realize is that at a standing desk, your main interface to the world, your body's main interface to the world is the ground. If you're going to invest in anything at that Ferrari level, 
it should be what you're standing on. Well, my goal is that for anybody that is a creative professional like myself, that's stuck in front of a computer for inordinate amounts of time of their waking life, they're doing it standing on a topo mat. So uh, you and I, my friend, one edit station at a time are going to change the world. I like it. That's a utopian vision I can get on board with. If you're a creative professional looking for a simple and affordable way to stay active, energetic, and focused while spending long hours at your height adjustable workstation, I can't stress enough how important it is to have the right mat underneath you, which is why I continue to share the Topo Mat as my number one product recommendation. To learn more about the Topo Mat and purchase yours, visit optimizeyourself.me slash topo. That's T-O-P-O. So my goal by the end of this call, Debbie, is for you to have a more regular practice of getting your writing done every day, multiple times a week, whatever it is that uh, your goal is. So we're going to start there. So what is your goal as far as writing is concerned? We're going to build the habit of making sure this one thing gets done on a regular basis. I, pro- I probably have a couple goals. So like one goal is that I'd, I'd like to just build a habit of writing every day because I know once I do it every day, it comes a lot easier. Um, but on top of that, I also, I also like to publish um, articles only one every other week. And so when all this happened, I thought, okay, well, now I should be able to manage once a week being able to publish. Um, and that hasn't happened. So, so I guess there's kind of multiple goals. And now that I'm thinking about it, I, I'm rethinking like, you know what, like this whole thing, like, I feel like I just need to lower the bar <laughs> and that adding on to what I was already doing maybe isn't productive right now or maybe is just asking a little bit too much. I guess pairing back would be just being able to write a little bit every day. It doesn't even have to be like, just for me, it would just be a writing habit of like 20 minutes um, every day. And that could be whatever writing I have. Um, And then I'd like to keep up with the um, every other week blog post. Got it. Okay. So where I want to start is actually, you've alluded to it a little bit. I think this is incredibly useful. Um, this is a uh, much more important than, all right, well, let me show you how to make a time block in busy Cal and uh, put it on the calendar every day. I can show you how to do that in two minutes. The odds of you sticking with it regularly are a whole different ball of wax. And we've got to dig a lot deeper into psychology to make that happen. But if anybody wants to know how to make a time block, that's pretty simple. You go to your calendar, you say, add new event, you name the time block and you add the date in the time done there. You know how to time block. Thank you very much. I'll be here all week. So the first thing I want to talk about, which I think is imperative for following through with your one thing, is that you need to set proper expectations. It is my belief that one of the core fundamental reasons that people burn out is they do not set proper expectations. Especially given everything that's going on, we have to reset our expectations. So if we go back to pre before the world completely went down the toilet, were you able to regularly write every single day? And were you able to publish at a minimum one article every other week, which was your original goal? Yes, I was, a- I was able to publish um, every other week, but I did not necessarily write every, every day. No. So now given the new set of circumstances and giving any additional anxiety, fear, paralysis, or all of the other things you need to attend to, that are much more pressing, that are much more about survival, organizing finances, getting mortgage payments reduced or deferred or whatever it is, knowing that those things really take precedent, do you think that it's fair 
to, to have a similar expectation of, well, now I'm going to set up this habit to write every day and I'm going to not only publish every other week, I'm going to publish every week. Does that seem like it's setting a realistic expectation? Clearly judging by the past couple of weeks, no. <laughs> Probably not, right? So I've had to do the same thing where I set very high expectations for myself and I've had to reset them. I had a whole slew of goals that I wanted to accomplish this year, 95% of which had to do with in-person networking. All of that got deleted very, very quickly off of my calendar. But then I said to myself, what is the new reality that I'm in? I'm, I can't do anything about this. Like we talked about earlier, the first mindset is just kind of releasing control, saying I can't really control what's going on. I can't control my behavior. I can control the fact that I'm going to take responsibility and not go to the beach and you know not go to church and don't even get me started on all of that madness. Um, so once I take responsibility for myself and the people around me, and I realize I really can't control the situation, well, now I need to reset my expectations based on the mindset that I have right now, based on the amount of energy that I have and the amount of attention that I can give, especially given that so many people want to connect and be on Zoom. And uh, I think one of the challenges, and maybe uh, other people on this call are feeling this as well, the immediate assumption that everybody has is, well, you're not doing anything right now, right? So let's chat. And I think that's what gets us into this trap of now everybody wants to connect because we just assume we have this picture in our minds. Well, if I'm sitting at home doing nothing, everybody else must be sitting at home doing nothing. So I just want to connect with them. So we know that the first step for you is resetting expectations and resetting your goal. So understanding after the last two to three weeks, what your new reality looks like for the foreseeable future, let's reset a goal for you. What do you think is a feasible goal as far as writing? I mean, I guess writing, writing a few times a week, maybe? Well, the, right now yeah. we're talking about process. I want you to set a goal. Is the goal that I want to be able to publish every other week still? I want to publish once a month. So let's look at the result. What's the result that you would like to set? Okay. Um, I definitely still want to keep up with the every other week. Okay. So I think that that's probably realistic given that you were able to do it in the past. And yeah, there's a little bit of a, a roadblock and some speed bumps with everything that's happened. But it seems like once you settle in, get some of the financial stuff out of the way, and you realize I've got all this time available to me. So you're saying it seems realistic. I can probably still publish every other week. Yes. As long as you don't have a brand new editor that's rewriting all your stuff and tearing it to pieces, right? Mm -hmm. So far, if, if anybody doesn't know, Debbie is now a new contributor to the site and a fantastic writer. Um, so I want to make sure that uh, you check out her site, Happiness and Training. Check out the article that she's written for the site already. And she's going to have a, a new one. Um, that we're going to workshop soon. So hopefully this will be one of the, the next two that you publish. But going back to this idea of looking at the system, we know that the result, the outcome that we want is to continue publishing every other week. So now let's talk about what are some of the obstacles that are going to stop you from publishing every other week? I guess, well, one is just my own mind <laughs> because... I don't know, a lot, there's, there's just a lot of distractions that are, that are keeping me from being able to like write coherently <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, and then also, I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm overscheduling my days. Um, maybe I'm, you know, trying to fit in too much because there are like different, you know, Zoom calls and classes that I'm now taking and things that weren't available before that I'm now kind of signed up for. So. Um, so maybe that's kind of one of the obstacles is, and like, again, like I said, like, like random phone calls, like people, you know, trying to connect and, you know, wanting to do that, but, um, 
not being able to block off that time to write. Got it. All right. So we're talking about, it sounds like the most common obstacles are going to be either distractions or interruptions. Do you know the difference between the two? Distraction could be internal. Uh, interruption would be something external. Yes. So a distraction is, I really want to write. I really want to write. I don't know what I want to write about. So Facebook, Instagram, right? That's a distraction. You sought that yourself, right? People think that um, if they get a, a ding or a chime, well, somebody just interrupted me. No, they didn't. You allowed them to distract you. There's a big difference. So if you're living in the same space with people, like I'm living with uh, uh, my wife, third grade teacher, and I've got two kids. And like everybody else on the planet, they're home all the time. That's an interruption. Every 15 minutes, daddy, can you make me some lunch? Daddy, can you get this plate off the top shelf? This or that or the other thing. Those are interruptions. I can work to minimize those, but I can't just get rid of them. But distractions are things that I can control. So if we're talking about these incoming calls that you have, is there any reason that you couldn't put your phone in airplane mode for a certain period of time and just defer those distractions until later? No. And that's really interesting because I always do that. <laughs> that didn't even occur to me, especially when I'm actually working. When I was working, I always had my phone on airplane mode. So I have a yeah. suspicion why it's not in airplane mode right now, but I'm curious why you think it's not. Probably because I want to be available for for these things. <laughs> exactly. I think that right now, what a lot of people are experiencing is a lack of connection. So we want to create this feeling of hyper-connection. And I think before, when we knew the world was just available to us outside the window and outside the door, airplane mode wasn't that bad. But is there a level where going into airplane mode is actually kind of scary right now? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Um... Yeah, it's really weird that I had I hadn't thought of that because it used to be on all the time. So yeah, maybe maybe there's something scary about it. All right, so now we're we're talking about distractions, interruptions. These being the biggest things that are stopping you. I don't think we're going to be able to manage and mitigate these for 14, 16, 18 hours a day. But if we're talking about just for developing the habit of writing every single day, so you can publish every two weeks, is it feasible? you can all but eliminate both distractions and interruptions for the period during the day when you want to be a writer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, that, so that seems manageable, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like you're telling people, I'm no longer available. I'm going to have a one-hour block one day a week where I'm going to be available for phone calls. You're still going to be available to people, but you're just making sure there's a little bit less availability. I think right now, one of the, the things that the trap that people are falling into, people fall into this trap anyway, um, but especially now is feeling like we should be saying yes to everything. Um, I'm going to put this back to the group a second and then we'll continue. Are there people here that feel like it's really hard to say no to just about any request right now, whether it's a quick phone checkup or this or that or the other thing where it's just kind of like we're on yes overload. So it's a little, little more than 50-50. Um, I am the king of saying no. Like I'm, I'm very clear that I have spent years and years saying no to people and turning down opportunities and turning down obligations and being focused on what I want. And even I have been very much stuck in the cycle of feeling like I want to say yes to everybody just out of a feeling of empathy, right? I don't want to turn somebody down knowing that we're all kind of in this headspace if we all need something. And I don't want to say no, but sometimes we have to if we want to at least get our one thing done for the day. 
So you're not saying no to the world. You're just saying no to the world for 30 minutes to an hour a morning so you can write or whenever it is, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So assuming we manage distractions and interruptions, what else is going to be an obstacle that will stop you from writing? Uh, the thoughts that come into my head that tell me what I'm writing is stupid or whatever it might be for that moment. So anybody in the group that's been through the program want to tell me, what is that that she's having? What are those called? Anyone want to raise your hand? And All right, so Patrick, was that you with your hand up? So Patrick, what is Debbie talking about? My favorite word, limiting beliefs. I believe that's a limiting belief that you have, Debbie. (laughs) So how can we help you overcome this limiting belief, knowing, and again, I'm going to take everybody through the whole system. We've set the goal. The goal is I want to publish two articles a month, every other week. And one of my obstacles is that I need to eliminate or minimize distractions. Another obstacle is minimizing or eliminating interruptions. But now we've gone to something that's a lot deeper, which is a limiting belief. So let's talk a little bit about this limiting belief of why am I even writing? I suck at this. Nobody wants to read it. Why am I wasting my time? Where is all this coming from? Boy, have I put you on the spot right now. (laughs) Hot seat, baby. Wow. I didn't know we were going here today. I didn't either. It's jazz, baby. It's jazz. Um, I don't know. Don't all writers do that? You said you wanted to write every day. This is what it's going to take. I know. I know. No, I mean, what, what I need to do is, I mean, what has been helpful in the past with that is when I, um, when I actually sit and like meditate before I write. Um, And then usually that helps to kind of clear away some of that negative um, thoughts. That critical mind that comes up every time I write. Um, So that can help. But uh, where it's coming from, I don't know. I mean, where do any thoughts come from? Well, I find that they usually have some source. Um, so well, a question that I've been asked before that really kind of surprised me and I didn't, I'm not necessarily expecting you to have an answer right now. Um, and maybe you'll recognize this cause you and I have worked with similar people in the space. So maybe you've been asked this before, but does the voice that's telling you that you suck at writing have a name? No, I don't know. I kind of call it my shadow sometimes. Because it's funny, I'm I'm not going to go into the the details of this, but when I was talking about a very specific limiting belief that I was dealing with, the name came up immediately, and then the person came up immediately, and it was a very real person in my life that was speaking all this into one ear, telling me I couldn't do all of these things. Mm -hmm. So I knew where it was coming from, and once I realized that, it was a big realization of, oh, okay, now I understand why I'm not doing this. So I'm not saying, like, again, you need to have the answer, but it's, it's something to think about a little bit deeper. I know how nice it would be to just use Trello to figure out how to write every single day, but this is so much more fun. (laughs) So now that we've at least recognized that you have this limiting belief that is holding you back from writing, you've identified one potential action plan that you know works for you, which is just doing some form of meditation, quieting your mind so you can get in front of the computer and you can start writing. What's the next thing that's going to hold you back from just pounding away and uh, banging out 2,000 words a day? I mean, I think it's a lot to do with just the circumstances right now, you know, like I'm, I'm not used to all these, all the weirdness that's going on and the, you know, just the whole state of everything and trying to figure out where we're all at in it and 
you know, trying to write about it at the same time, um, it brings up a lot of judgments, I guess. I just have a lot of judgment around it and around how I'm feeling and if other people can relate and if it sounds stupid or, you know, if people are going to, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just a lot to process, I guess. So, um, which is kind of counter, like writing is kind of one of the ways that I process these things. So writing on my, writing on my own, like not for, um, not for publishing has been a lot easier. And I can, you know, I can do that and just sort of write, um, you know, write free form in that way. Um, which is another thing that I could do before I sit down to actually write like an article, um, that actually really helps too. Cause it just sort of gets all those things out and then I can have a clearer head to write an actual article. Yes, that's uh, great. You nailed two areas that I wanted to get into, one of which is reframing the goal based on some of these limiting beliefs and these fears. I was You uh, brought it up already, and I was going to go down this road anyway, of the writing process being therapeutic for you. So what if instead your goal is not to publish every two weeks, it's to complete an article every two weeks, and publishing is optional? Would that help alleviate some of the judgment and the fear of why would anybody read this and I'm not a good writer? And what if it becomes therapy and you're still going through and revising and structuring it so it's readable, but you're not putting the pressure on yourself that it must be published? How would restructuring the goal change your mindset going into the blank page? Yeah, I think that, I think that would help. Um, although I don't know if it's just sort of like a mind trick of like, oh, I don't know. It might help. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, if, if it's a, any consolation, I have multiple unpublished blog posts. Mm-hmm. I've like this huge long post that I did about all the, the theories and the, the karate kid and like all the, um, like the, the deeper lessons behind it, which by the way, I wrote like four years ago before I even knew Cobra Kai existed and I worked on it. But I, had, I was like connecting Karate Kid to time management and bullies and the industry. It was just this whole thing. To this day, it's still sitting there. And it's like, someday I'll use this. But I, just, I needed to get it out of my head. But I didn't have the, the judgment or the worry that I had to publish it at any given time. Um, so let, let's alleviate some of that pressure. And yes, maybe it is a Jedi mind trick. And you know in your mind, you're probably going to want to publish it anyway. But let's alleviate the fear that it has to be published and you're just going to write it for the process of writing. I think the next big thing that you're talking about when it comes to actually sitting down and writing, you said, well, but maybe if I had collected my thoughts beforehand and I had uh, gotten a little bit more organized or expressed those thoughts, is there a world where in addition to the blocks that we're going to create for you to write every day, we can also prioritize blocks for you to organize and you get your thoughts prepared for when you're going to do that writing? Uh, yeah. Do you mean like writing an outline? Yes. So one of the things that I've done, uh, and I do this both as a writer and also as an editor, I do plenty of prep work. So I never have to fear looking at the empty timeline, looking at the, the empty canvas or looking at the empty page. I make sure that I've done enough groundwork. So the momentum is already there. So by the time I actually start the creative process, I've worked through a lot of it in my head and through outlines and through notes or whatever. So do you have a process similar to that? I do. I do. Those are, so I think that's kind of part of my struggle right now is because like I had, um, an initial thought, an initial idea of, of what I was going to write about. And I did make notes and like kind of 
it wasn't it wasn't as structured as an outline, but it was kind of like a general, okay, these are the these are the points I want to make. And then I started writing and it and it went a little different. <laughs> and I start it's so suddenly, you know, the things that I was writing wasn't exactly what I was initially going for because that initial idea didn't seem I wasn't feeling that idea anymore I guess so that's where I started struggling because now I'm writing a new a new idea which I was more excited about but then the whole but then I didn't actually have a plan for it so so I kind of lost. So, so then I felt like, so then I was judging it because I was like, oh, wait, am, am I, am I just, you know, am I just talking out of nowhere and not really getting to a point? So the point, the struggle now is that I don't have that sort of structure of the outline that I normally have. So that's when a lot more judgment comes in and a lot more kind of negative thoughts like, oh, you don't know where you're going with this. Got it. So uh, putting this back to the group, which is largely comprised, I think everybody here is a creative professional in one way or another. How many of you can say confidently that the finished product that the world sees is exactly like you pictured it in your mind when you started? Anyone? Anyone? Howard, just the best look ever. He's just like, what? No, right? We have a path that we want to go down. We think it makes sense. And then it just completely falls apart, right? What I should do just for you, Debbie, is I should show you some of my really intricate detailed outlines that I have for my blog posts. Show you the blog post first, show you the outline. You'd be like, uh, is this even for the same article? Like these two don't align at all. So anybody that uh, has uh, done any screen sharing with me and seen my mind maps, you know that I go a little crazy with my mind mapping software. However, within about 150 words, all of it goes to crap. The important thing is not that I'm sticking to my structure or sticking to my outline. The important thing is that I'm writing. And I have some theme or some takeaway that is buried deep inside my outline. And I have that as a reference to get me back on track if I need it. But I don't feel the fear of going off track if I feel the direction that I'm going makes more sense. Even with the, the article that you and I were working on together, we had an idea of what it would be and then it turned into something completely different. Do you think that our original vision for the piece that you and I workshopped was better than what our final outcome was? No, no, not at all. No, I think, I think we landed in a, in a good place. All right. So then I think what, and again, I'm trying to put together an action plan to get this weekly writing habit in place. We have the goal, which we've now revised to, I'm going to write and complete an article every other week, publishing optional. Most likely we'll publish, but it's not 100% necessary to alleviate some of that, uh, those inner limiting beliefs. We're going to eliminate and minimize distractions and interruptions as much as possible. We're going to set aside an additional time block, either the night before, an hour before, whatever it is that makes sense to make sure that you have some semblance of an outline. But what if we were to release the outcome of I'm going to stick with my outline and instead we judge success or failure by whether or not you're just writing? Yeah. I'm sense, sensing some, some positivity in there, <laughs> right? So is, is this starting to alleviate a little bit of the weight? Yes. Okay. Yes. 
I have spent almost 10 years now raving about how much I love my topo mat, and I have finally discovered what I now consider the topo mat of desk chairs, the Core 360. The Core 360, spelled Q-O-R, is designed to keep me constantly moving while seated in an upright and balanced position. To learn more about how it works, let's hear from Core 360 founder, Dr. Turner Osler, about why he created the Core 360 active sitting chair. When you sit badly, you sit badly for many hours a day, and that's really what the problem is. It's very hard to make yourself get up and do jumping jacks every half hour, but if you just swap to a chair that requires you to be muscularly engaged in order not to fall off, it's an easy bar to clear. For the procrastinators out there who hear all of the statistics and know how bad sitting is and it's the new smoking and they're thinking, that's something I'll worry about in a few decades, you're gonna feel the effects of having more energy at two o'clock in the afternoon or four o'clock in the afternoon that day. And that's the whole point. Your core muscles will be stronger. You'll have less back pain. All of this will make you more available for the rest of the pursuits of your life, your kids, your hobbies, your whatever. For those those of us who need to practically live in front of computers to do our best creative work, the Core 360 is going to level up your game. Keep your body moving and keep the creativity flowing. To learn more and purchase what I consider to be the topo mat of desk chairs, please go to optimizeyourself.me slash core360. That's optimizeyourself.me slash QOR360. So we've, we've talked about some of the practical things that we can do. Now let's actually get this thing on the calendar. The next question that we want to ask is realistically, again, setting proper expectations for our current reality or lack thereof. What realistically do you think makes the most sense for you as a writing habit on a daily or weekly basis to reach the outcome of completing an article every two weeks? Like how often do I need to do it? Yes, because the, there are a lot of criteria here that many may not be aware of. So if you said that I want to write a novel, well, how many words are in a novel? Let's say 50,000. You need to say, I want to have the novel done by this time or the first draft. Therefore, I have to write X number of words per day. Hmm. So based on the amount of time and the amount of output that you want to create two articles uh, a month, give or take how many words is an article? So let's just talk about one article right now. They end up being usually between, I don't know, like 1,200 and 2,000 words. Okay, so let's use 2,000. That's easy math. Let's say 2,000 words. Um, or, you know, when you get stuck working with me, the 2,000 ends up being 5,700. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I have that effect, which is ironic being an editor. Um, but let's say that the number is 2,000 even. So the goal is that I want to write 2,000 words. It's easy to say, well, that math is simple. That means that I need to write 1,000 words a week because I want to write a 2,000 word article every two weeks which means I need to write 200 words a day. Tell me why that doesn't work. Why that doesn't work? Because, yes. I don't know, because some days, you know, I'll write 600 words and some days I'll write zero words. Well, how about, and I, I would agree with that, but what I'm more looking at is specifically, if you were to write 200 words a day and you did it consistently, then that means that you have written a 2,000 word draft on the day that you need to publish it. Right. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But are you, as soon as you write your 2000th word, are you in a position where you're like, all right, I hit the publish button, I'm done? No, absolutely not. No. So what what do we need to build time for? Um, Editing and rereading and revising and restructuring and 
yeah, all the fun stuff. So how long does that take you? If we're talking about percentage wise, if 0% is I don't have an idea and 100% is to I click the publish button, what percentage of time do you use rewriting after you've written 2000 words? Well, that all depends. You know, I mean, normally it is kind of the night before. So it's like, I don't know, 25% of the time or maybe, maybe up to like 35% of the time. Okay. So let, let's use uh, 35% a third. So that's easy enough. Mm-hmm. So that means that uh, if my math is good and went to public school, so my math might not be so good, but we're talking give or take, um, you know, 35% of your time, which means that uh, it's going to take you, you know, two, two thirds of those 10 days. It's going to take you six or seven days to get your 2000 words and allow, and I'm not saying full days, I'm talking about days that you have those time blocks, right? So let's say six to seven of those days are for first draft the last three days are four revisions if we're going to break it up evenly, which I know usually doesn't get broken up. So now how much of this percentage of time is going to be preparing to write before you've written a word? Um, Probably like another 25%. All right. So now the math is starting to get fairly clear. We're talking about 50% or less of your time is actually going to be writing words or writing your original draft of words, which is the most important part, correct? Correct. So if we're going to say 10 days, again, just simple math, I know that life doesn't work out this way, but in a perfect world, we're setting aside 10 days of equal time blocks to write an article. We now know that only five or so of them are going to actually be writing. The rest of it is either going to be preparing and outlining, or it's going to be revising, polishing, and publishing. Does that sound fairly accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. So if we have five days and we have 2,000 words that need to be written, what's the math work out to per day? You're asking me to do math right now. I am, sorry. <laughs> 400. Yes. So de- on average, and never ask people to do, uh, do math on live calls. It's, yeah. just, it's, it's a rule of live streaming. Don't ask people to do math on the fly. Um, so yes, you would want to do about 400 words per day. So give or take, I'm not saying you can't write 399 words. You can't write 401. Like some days can be 800, some days can be zero. But in general... Is 400 words in a day sound like a pace that's unsustainable for you? No. Okay, so how long in general do you think that it would take you to write about 400 words? Give or take 20 minutes, maybe. (laughs) Wow. Okay, well, you're a faster writer than I am. I wouldn't be able to bang out 400 words in 20 minutes. Um, so So if we said half an hour, would that seem reasonable? Yeah. All right, so now we know that we're going to need five half-hour blocks just to write the first 2,000 words, which means that we have five blocks available that are left. Do we think that we can use the first two to three blocks just for the outline? Is that enough time? Um, So half-hour for two or three blocks. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That that can be tough because that's that's really where the, the time goes is like really trying to figure out what what it's about and where I want to go and what I'm talking about. So yeah, that that probably needs more time. All right. So now let's look at the tail end of it. If we know that we have two to three half hour blocks left over, once you've written your first draft, is that enough to do your revisions? Two to three half hour blocks. 
Uh, including publishing if you choose to do so. And again, not right. required based on this goal, but most likely there might be some publishing duties involved. Right. So no, I probably need maybe twice that. So what have we learned so far walking through this whole process from top to bottom? That I need a lot more time. You need more time. <laughs> so I'm going to throw this back to the group again and throw this to, to people out in Facebook land as well. As creatives, when we have a project that we need to do, whether it's editing a scene or writing a scene or painting a picture or whatever it is, how many people find themselves drastically underestimating the amount of time they need to complete something? Welcome to one of the main fundamental sources of burnout. I am the poster child for this. I always underestimate how long I think something is going to take me but I stick to the deadline because I'm a committed guy and I don't want to let people down. And I said, yes, I was going to do it. So I burn myself out working long hours, late nights, weekends. Don't tell anybody about it. Don't ask for overtime because I set the wrong expectations. And one of the reasons that I think psychologically you're having a hard time sitting down and writing is there's a part of you that knows I probably haven't given myself enough time to do this right. So what is the point of doing it at all? Does that sound like a completely crazy foreign idea? No, no, not at all. <laughs> all right, so now that we've recognized this, let's double it. Do you think that if you were to give yourself 10 hours, split it up or you know, give or take five hours to write 2,000 words, and you give yourself two, three, four hours to outline and an extra two or three hours just for revisions, in 10 hours, do you think that you can write and potentially publish an article? Yeah, that seems, seems more doable, I think. Yeah. So now we have a number that I think is more realistic. So now that our goal is to build the habit of writing for an hour a day and not doing six hours on a Friday and four hours on Monday because we didn't do it the rest of the time and now we're scrambling. In a perfect world, we want to do an hour a day five days a week, and every two weeks, we want to be able to publish new content. Knowing that that's now going to be the habit or the system that we want to work around, let's talk a little bit about where it makes the most sense to do that for you. If I were anybody in the productivity space, the happiness space, the blogosphere, well, you have to eat your frog first thing. Got to do the most important task when you wake up. You got to do your yoga, you got to do your meditation, you got to have your green juice, then you eat your frog, you do your most important thing, then you can give the rest of the world what they want. That's the way you're supposed to do it. That doesn't work for everybody. What I want to know is if that works for you by talking a little bit about something called chronobiology. So do you know what an ultradian rhythm is? No. Do you know what a circadian rhythm is? Yes. So circadian rhythm is just the rhythm that we have with sunlight and darkness and everybody knows what jet lag is because your circadian rhythm is, is uh, thrown off because you fly somewhere and daytime and nighttime are different than your body. So your circadian rhythm is off. That makes sense. Everybody here, if I bring it to the group, haven't lost anybody, we all know what circadian rhythm is, correct? So I know that for those that have been through the program, you know what ultradian rhythm is. Um, but for you, Debbie, Ultradian rhythm is the rhythm that you have in and out of any given individual day. So this means that for some people, like my wife, for example, up at 5.30, hello, feels great, all kinds of energy, able to get things done, and then at 7 p.m., nothing. 
she's an early bird. She, she is a very, very early morning person. Me, before about 10 a.m., useless. How I get through my 7.30 in the morning coaching calls is beyond me. Like, I must really like you guys because, oh my God, I hate mornings. But at night, if I just leave myself to my own devices, I get all of my best work done after like 9 p.m. And I've had to reverse my ultradian and circadian rhythms so I could manage being with my family and being present for them and not using that, uh, that really valuable evening time just for myself. But I know that my default setting is that I'm a night owl. So for you, where would you put yourself as far as your ultradian rhythms? When do you think you get your best creative work done? Um, I probably get my best creative work done before lunch. Um, and then sometimes a little bit after lunch. Um, and I used to, I mean, when I was working, I used to be able to write a little bit after work, as long as it wasn't too late. Like if I could get out, um, if I could get out at a decent hour and be able to write like right after dinner for like an hour, I could. I could get some stuff done then too. So if you had to choose one, instead of saying, well, maybe I'll throw this hour here and this hour there and this kind of whenever I feel like it. If we had to choose a point in the day where it makes the most sense to dedicate one hour specifically to writing and making sure we publish something every two weeks or at the minimum writing it for yourself and optionally publishing, what's the best time of day off the top of your head? I'd say sometime, I'd say probably between 10 and noon or 10 and 1. Got it. Okay. So let's use 10 a.m. for now. Okay. Could be somewhere in there. I'm not saying that you have to stick to this, but we're narrowing it down from, well, I'll get it done today to I'm going to try 10 a.m. So what are all of the things that are going to get in the way of stopping you from being able to write every day at 10 a.m. that maybe don't fit into the categories that we've already talked about? Is there anything new based on that time of day? Um, yeah, just the, just the general stuff of being home right now. And like, like now I'm cleaning my house a lot more and, um, just like household stuff, I guess it's like a lot of like the chores and that stuff that like, I look around and I'm, and I just, I get distracted by that and end up doing that. Um, All right. Now, now, now I've got some ideas for you. Has there ever been a point at which you've been doing dishes or sweeping the floor or dusting a bookcase, whatever it might be, where all of a sudden you had an epiphany? An epiphany of what? Of anything. Like of you're anything. just washing dishes and you're like, oh my God, this is, I totally should write about this. Or, oh, I just yeah, this yeah, creative yeah. problem. Happens to you all the time, I bet, right? Yeah, yeah. So what if we restructured your mornings just slightly so instead of feeling like that cleaning is waiting for you, you deliberately intentionally clean before your writing block. Okay. What if you said, and again, there's flexibility here, but I want to use this as an example. You said 10 a.m. every morning, I'm going to be sitting at my workstation ready to do whatever is necessary to write and potentially publish this post. Doesn't mean I'm writing a thousand words a day or 500 words a day. It might mean that you're just outlining or researching or reading articles or whatever it is but you're doing the actions from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. every single day that lead towards publishing every two weeks, but from 9.30 to 10, you're doing housework. Yeah. And what you can do is something called productive meditation that you may already know a lot about because you know way more, more about meditation than I do, but there's idea of 
productive meditation is doing something that you're physically doing and moving to, uh, to spark your creativity, but you have an intention behind it. So what I will do all the time before I'm going to write or before I'm going to edit, if I'm at home, it's a little bit different if I'm at the office. But if I'm working from home, I will find something to do. Sometimes it's just the dishes. This is one of the, the things that I do to meet multiple expectations at once. Before everybody was living at home, of course, um, I always wanted to make sure that the kitchen was clean when my wife got home after school. I hate cleaning. I hate doing dishes. I couldn't find a way to just bring myself to do it until I realized this was my productive meditation time. So I would clean the kitchen with the intention of I'm getting ready to write. Let me start outlining or drafting my thoughts. And I would have my phone next to me and I would record my thoughts out loud. And I got to the point where I had almost drafted whatever I was working on while I was doing dishes or emptying the dishwasher or cleaning off counters. And I didn't have to worry about getting in front of the empty page and seeing the blinking cursor because I was already writing. I just had to get it on the page because of the productive meditation. Yeah, that's great. I use, I often use exercise in that way. Bike, like I go on bike rides or runs. Um, a lot of times I'll get, I'll, I'll have that same kind of process that comes through where I have the idea and I start it, you know, the outline comes up in my head. Um, so yeah. Cool. All right. So I feel pretty good that at this point, if you were to create a bunch of time blocks on your calendar and from 10 to 11, it said writing and from 9.30 to 10, it's at housework. I think that in two weeks, you can have a blog post that's ready to go. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I think it's a plan. Do you feel more hopeful than you did before we started talking? I do. I do. Yes, thank if you. I, if I throw this to the group, how many of you feel pretty good about Debbie having a blog post ready in two weeks? <laughs> Seems pretty doable, right? <laughs> so now I want to throw it back to everybody here. Were there any insights, ideas, or things that were confusing or you can't figure out how to apply to your own situation to be able to take that conversation and say, oh, well, I could do something similar to achieve this goal or get myself more productive at home trying to do this? Are there any other examples um, or any insights that have come out of uh, this kind of teardown for anyone? Raise your hand if you want to chime in. All of a sudden, three hands went up immediately. Um, I've already talked to Itai and I've talked to Julie. So Anne, since you're here late, I'm going to call on you and I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Oh, okay. I've been trying to write too, but mostly I record because I have, you know, a little voice recorder. Primarily, I just, you know, I just talk about treatments. But Debbie, are you an editor? Yes, I'm an editor. Okay. Well, you know, when you edit, you're telling a story, right? Correct. Um, so the thing about it is, is that writing is just is just words without the picture and the sound. So, you know, maybe utilize how you construct a story, and, you know, as a writer, the same way you construct a story as an editor. Um, I don't know whether that makes any sense, but, you know, you've been telling stories as an editor for a long time. So it's just another way of telling a story. You just aren't working on an abbot. What, 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 what are your thoughts about that, Debbie? Because I've, I've got a couple. I think that's a really interesting insight. I'm curious what your, your thoughts are on that. And then I may, uh, I may play the devil's advocate for a moment. Uh, yeah, no, I've thought about that a lot. And, and, and you're right. It is, it is just a, you know, a way of telling stories. Um, for me, I think it's most helpful 
after I've done the first draft and after I've got the story out and then, and then I feel like I step into my editor's shoes and think, okay, is this clear? And, um, you know, can I, can I restructure this? Does this need to be restructured? Um, and that's where I feel like the editing component. Mm-hmm. I see. I yeah. See. Yeah. So, so the blank page is a little bit, that to me is not so much the editing part of it. Okay. I understand. I understand. I think the the difference for me, uh, and again, this is not me disagreeing with you, uh, Anne, at all. I think your insight is really, really strong. I just come at it from a different perspective. Um, having been an editor for the majority of my career, but also now being a writer and having directed several things too, I find it so much easier to tell somebody else's story than it is to tell my own. And as, uh, soon, as, as soon as all the responsibility is on my shoulder and the buck stops at me, and if somebody judges the work, well, I can't blame anybody because this is my idea out of my own head. There are a lot more limiting beliefs and fears that come out versus, well, it's my job to take all this crap that you gave me and make it look like something, right? I'm just here to polish your turd. So I'm going to do my best, but at the end of the day, I can go home, but it's still going to be your turd. So there's a, there's a lot less responsibility. And obviously, I want to do a great job and I want to be a, a fantastic collaborator and I want to help somebody express their vision. But there are so far, there are, there are a lot less fears when it's somebody else's work. People can judge the editing, but ultimately, when they judge the story or judge the project, they're not judging me. They're judging where the idea came from. But when I'm writing something that's my own idea or comes from deep inside my own beliefs or I'm directing and sharing my own story, there's so much more fear. So I find that separating those two can sometimes be very, very difficult. Um, and we have, we have a, a fellow editor slash director in the room. I know this is going a little bit off topic, but I'm kind of fascinated by this. And Patrick all of a sudden perked up because he knows I'm talking about him. So as a, an editor slash director as well, which is similar to editor slash writer, um, do you see differences in these that could uh, maybe help uh, anybody overcome some of the, the limiting beliefs that are stopping them from taking action and doing their one thing? Differences in, oh, these two approaches? The mindsets of being a director versus being an editor of somebody else's material. I'm trying to think of the mindset shift. It's funny because you, you laid it out so perfectly just then. Like, I related so well to that. Like, I'm here to polish your turd mentality. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but more than that, just the responsibility of having to tell your own story. And before that that example, it was like, yeah, you know, I was thinking back to just um, when we were working on our, like, about pages for our websites. You know, if, if I had to write someone else's about page, easy. I could do that all day long. When it comes to mine, that responsibility, it's like, oh, my God, like, those perfectionist tendencies kick in, and then you become a little insecure because you're wondering about how you're presenting yourself and how you want to be perceived. And um, there is definitely much more responsibility, I think, when you're telling your own story and you have... Um, yeah, when all of it comes out of you, I mean, I relate to the same thing in, in the production of my own films. It's like, you know, I, I think so often as an editor, you can always point the finger to someone else and be like, well, look, man, this is the best I can make with what you gave me. But when I'm directing it and funding it and helping shoot it, it's like, this is all on me. This is the best that I can make of what I brought to the table. So I just feel like a lot more responsibility in that regard. But, you know, at the end of the day, no matter, no matter what perspective you're coming to it from, um, there's always just an element of we're just going to roll up our sleeves and make it work either way. And it doesn't always have to be a painless process. Like sometimes you just have to beat the crap out of it and force your way through the process. Um, you know, and it, like I, sometimes for me, it's just a matter of you just have to start just, you know, like it, 
just get it out because like anything else, writing is rewriting, editing is re-editing. Like, you know, it's, you, you can't be afraid to touch it. You just have to make it suck and then make it suck less and then make it better and then make it awesome. Like there's a progression. And I think that, um, you know, when it's, when all the responsibility is on you, you feel like you're going to be different from all the other projects you've edited just because it's you doing it. You're going to come out and like your editor's cut's going to be like the lock picture cut. It's going to be amazing. And that's never the case. It's the same trial and error, slog, challenging obstacle course of a creative endeavor that it always is. And I think we just need to let ourselves know that it's okay. Like you can even pretend that you're the producer and you can yell. It's like, there's a, I, I also thought of when, um, of Ron Howard, like when he's in an editing room, uh, he'll just kind of like break the ice with his editors and go like, who shot this crap? Who directed this crap? It's a way of just kind of like, okay, now I can put my editor hat on. And I find that when I put my editor hat on and I take my director hat off, even on my own projects, it's a little freeing, you know, it's like, it's, you don't have to wear all the same hats all at once. You know, like when you take that one hat off, but to me, it's just, it's a weight off my shoulders. And I'm like, all right, now I'm editor Patrick, director Patrick's an asshole. I can work on my own stuff and it's going to be great. And, you know, that, to me, that just helps get the ball rolling. Yes, I would, uh, I would agree with all of that. The thing that I want to extract from here to kind of tie all this together and, and wrap it up, um, I'm going to throw this back to, to Debbie. Um, but it's this idea of progression, right? It's this idea of you saying like, well, first it's going to suck, then it needs to suck less, and then it needs to suck less, right? So my, uh, my philosophy in the, I would say one of the core reasons that no matter what it is that I go after, I'm able to get what it is that I want to get and achieve what I want to achieve is that I just fail faster than everybody else. I just fail over and over and over and I do it as fast as humanly possible. Debbie, you've watched this firsthand. You and I have run a mud race together. You can see that I don't think to myself, well, I'm going to be jumping into this pit and you know it's mud up to my chest and I might slip or I'm just woo! Like, we'll see what happens. If I fail and I fall flat on my face, well, great. Well, then I learned what not to do the next time. So what I want you to do on our call today is can you commit to failing as fast as humanly possible at setting up these time blocks and not following through with things and distractions getting in the way so you can iterate faster and faster and faster? And do you think by this time in two weeks, you can have an article that's ready to be published? Yes, yes, I can do that. Excellent. All right. Well, I may or may not have a topic for us to discuss afterwards when we go offline. Um, mm -hmm. But do, do you feel better now about how to kind of reframe this process of everything is going on in the world, no idea what the hell is going on. I want to get this one thing done, but I don't really know how to approach it. I don't know why I'm not following through. Do you have some clarity on some of the practical steps you can take to turn this into more of a regular habit? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I wasn't uh, necessarily doing it every single day. Um, and I was sort of, I was definitely being a lot more lax with like, okay, well, I finished that one. Now I have some time to breathe. And really, if I, you know, like I said, in the beginning, I wanted to have a writing practice every day. So so that's what I need to do is schedule it every day. And I think having a, you know, an hour block is a totally manageable time. I can totally put my phone in airplane mode and, you know, just have that block. And I think building that structure in five days a week will really help just sort of get the ball rolling and, and make it be a process. Awesome. Well, I'm very, very glad to hear that. Um, before we wrap up for the day, is there anybody else on today's call in our group that wants to commit to starting some new habit and wants to throw it into the world with some external accountability, something they want to accomplish between now and our next call.
Melanie's shaking her head. And then we've got Anne next. So Melanie, what, or, or were you just ready to sneeze and you have no goals whatsoever? No, no. I've got the same goal as everywhere. I want to write for an hour a day. You know that from the course we did and then we sort of went on to other things for a few months, but I'm going to get back to that. And I, after listening to this, I, yeah, I'm going to do, do an hour a day. Excellent. Is there anybody else that wants to commit to uh, accomplishing whatever their one thing might be between now and our next call? Howard wants to put himself out there. What do you got for us? I'm going to make mine a softer goal because I'm doing okay on, on the hard goals, but I would like to do a half hour of reading every day that's not related to my projects, you know, just uh, just reading for pleasure, I guess you'd call it. Okay, that, that, I was going to say that's a perfect way to put it. You're going to spend 30 minutes a day reading, but for pleasure. Right. And one and additional caveat I'll add is that the words corona or virus cannot appear in any of it. It can't be the news. No news. <laughs> of course, that would denote it would not belong in the pleasure category. <laughs> Unless you're specifically very dystopian. But um, yeah. I've gotten better about reading since this started. We, we started a digital sunset, this concept of a digital sunset at 10 p.m., which has helped um, both of us read quite a bit more, I think. Uh, you know, it's that phones go away, watches go away, computers go away at 10, 10 p.m. Got it. Oh, awesome. All right. We've got uh, that commitment. Any other commitments that we want to make before we drop off the call? And Aaron is enthusiastically raising his hand. So Aaron, what have you got for us? So I, I want to commit to um, an hour a day to putting together a GTD for the next uh, four to six weeks or something. Put a plan together and really start going after this stuff again. Awesome. So how do you feel about the GTD process? You know, being on this call like reminds me, oh, I went through all this. Oh, I know all this. Maybe I should, one, go through the course again. That might be one so thing to do. That's what I was going to say. Instead of saying I'm going to commit to the GTD process, what if you said between now and next Friday, I'm just going to revisit Module 5, and I'm going to revisit and relearn all the steps and the structure that I need to go through. And then next Friday, you can say, I feel good about this. Here's what I want to use it to accomplish. Yeah. Is that, awesome. uh, is that enough to commit to? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Anybody else want to commit to something that they want to get done at home to be more productive between now and next Friday? Uh, Itai, and then um, and after. I'm just commanding to fellows of, you know, editing or tutorials for day. All right. That sounds good. And then, Anne, let me switch it over. What would you like to commit to between now <laughs> and next Friday? We have a ton of paperwork that has to be gone through for taxes and also uh, looking through financial aid. And uh, it's sort of like we're buried underneath it all and I have to organize it and put it in its proper order. And that's a tall order right now. And then the other thing is to exercise every single day. Ooh, there's a good one. <laughs> Love that one. That's good. All right. Well, uh, I uh, I don't want to spend too much more uh, more time here. I know that uh, I promised at the most ninety minutes, and I'm already at ninety one. You guys know how I am about time management. Does anybody here have any other final thoughts or things they want to share before we sign off? Today? I would just say one thing about success and failure. Yes, sir. Michael Jordan was one of the greatest basketball, or is the greatest basketball player ever. He failed more than he succeeded to get there. So take that and take that to your next level. 
I love it. That's fantastic. Uh, one final question that I want to address that I actually got from the, uh, uh, the Facebook community more than once. I'm not going to go into this too much in uh, detail, but somebody was saying, how can I actually get on the Zoom call? Well, that's what being a part of the Optimizer Coaching and Mentorship community is all about. You guys have been working with me for months and months and months. Some of you newer to the program. Some of you have been around forever. How you still show up to these calls, I don't know. More power to you. Why you still want to listen to my voice drone on and on is beyond me. The point being that anybody that is watching right now thinking you want to become a part of this, uh, this community, um, if you want to be an optimizer, just go to optimizeyourself.me slash optimizer. It's that simple. Uh, you will learn more and uh, we'll go from there. So on that note, I wanted to thank everybody that I have here in my Zoom community today. You guys are literally the reason that I keep going every single day amidst this, uh, this pandemic. If I didn't have you guys in my Optimize Slack community and I didn't know that you were there and all of our little boxes everywhere else, I would probably just sit and stare at the wall for 12 hours a day and pet my cat. So I appreciate immensely that you guys are here, that you guys keep me going. You give me a, a reason and a motivation to, to keep creating this content. And I appreciate everybody that is out there in the world of Facebook Live. Um, just wanted to thank all of you uh, once again. I want everybody here to be safe, be healthy, be sane, and be well. Ditto to you, dude. Yeah, take care. Thank you so much for investing both your time and energy listening to today's show. If you were inspired by this conversation, don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app of choice and most importantly, leave a review because that helps move the show to the top of iTunes and get our message out there to those who need it the most. Simply visit optimizeyourself.me slash subscribe to never miss another episode. Lastly, stay safe, healthy, sane, and most importantly, be well. One last thing before I lose you. If you haven't already, I wanna make sure that you subscribe to my free weekly Case of the Mondays newsletter because it is where I share my best advice, strategies, and mindsets to help you design a creative career that you absolutely love showing up for every Monday morning. When you sign up, I'm even gonna send you a bonus five-day email course to help you clarify and prioritize the next small steps in your unique path to success. To sign up, just visit optimizeyourself.me slash newsletter, and I will see you in your inbox.